With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For sure. 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 For sure, sure, for sure. For sure. For sure, sure, for sure. For sure. For sure, sure, for sure. For sure. Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. Oh, wait a second. Oh, hold on. Oh, was I supposed to say something? No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> for those for those of you listening at home, if you didn't read the description or the mailbag, um, you might be sitting there waiting for Jay to say something snarky. But Jay is not here. This is the... This is a very special day, and I know that sounds bad because I said Jay's not here and it's special, but it's a very, it's, it's, so far it is a unique experience because this is the first episode of For Sure that Jay or I, uh, you know, weren't able to be here for. Obviously I am, but uh, so far it's been the two of us for every single episode. Um, now the good thing is that Jay is not here for a good reason. Um, we talked a couple episodes ago about how he uh, works. For those of you who don't know, he works for uh, Fox Sports Detroit as a freelance producer, and so he typically does the Red Wings games and the Pistons games and and the Tigers and stuff. Obviously, none of that is happening, so um, he he is able to do some of these uh, um, kind of retro throwback games that they're doing. So he's able to get some work there, uh, but he's working on like a big project this weekend. Uh, so it's a good reason that he can't be here, but it's still. It's still sad that he can't be here, but as you already heard, I am very, very excited for this part. Um, Sarah is joining us as uh, for sure's first ever co-host. So how do you feel about that, Sarah? You're the first ever. You're the Joan Rivers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've already missed my first cue, so that kind of gets like the stage fright out of the way where I've already messed up. So it's I'm good to go now. You know, but it's it's a nice change of scenery. It's really hard to get a physical change of scenery these days. So a digital change of scenery. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, like, well, I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, these are very strange times. These are weird times. Nothing feels normal um, because it isn't. Um, but before I go on for too long, um, we are going to introduce our guest, right? So for today, we have back for the second time on the program, we have uh, Ryan Stimson, who you may know from a bunch of things, obviously from Twitter. Um, he is uh, one of the people that brings us the Rochester Analytics Conference every year. And he's also, oh, you know, he's uh, involved with Hockey Graphs, but he's also uh, the author of a book, uh, Tape to Space, which is about uh, hockey tactics. Um, and we've, like I said, we've had him on the show before, but he is back to join us today. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. Do I get another shirt? 
for a second appearance? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. You know, what we should do is we should start making uh, for sure face masks so that people can uh, rep us when they go there out in go. public. There you go. Yeah, that would be that would be smart. I don't know why you haven't thought of that. Um, no, but uh, no. Thanks for thanks for having me. Excited to come back, uh, make my triumphant return to uh, you know the place that made me famous uh, when we. <laughs> I think it was the first podcast I went on after we wrote the book, or after I wrote the book. So I appreciated that at the time. And uh, yeah, um, I don't know if we're going to do the Analyx Conference this year with everything going on. Um, mm. You know, we might do, maybe do some online thing in the fall or something, but uh, might just get bumped a year. So, but uh, yeah, so that's me. Yeah, I mean, I, I have obviously very fond memories uh, of I, the, the, let's see, one, two, three. Three times, three times uh, so far, um, and I look forward to uh, going back the next time that we have it um, in person. Although it would be it would be cool to be able to do something in the fall as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we were talking a little bit before we recorded because normally, uh, you know, Jay and I go through and we have like a list of a couple things to talk about. Um, there's only a couple real like big things in the news in the NHL right now. Um, and since this is on the same podcasting network as our Red Wing show, Wim Radio, most people kind of listen to both. And we pretty much talked about those uh, at pretty good length last episode of Wim Radio. So if you're interested in our thoughts on the lottery taking place in June, uh, potentially, or the season potentially coming back in July or some, thereabouts with these um, not neutral site games, but, you know, every division would have like one hosting venue or something like that. Uh, check out the Wim Radio in this podcast feed. We talked about it a bunch. Um, but actually, there there is a little bit of news. There is a rumor that I, I forgot about, um, a, a good old Bob McKenzie rumor. Um, and I know that I know definitely how Sarah and I are going to feel about this. So I will ask you, Ryan, about what your thoughts are. Um, there is a I, I, I guess I don't want to say a rumor because I guess it's a you know, proposal, but it's certainly not the NHL saying, oh, this is going to happen. Uh, but there's talk of doing the lottery um, as a five, like, well, basically the, the bottom five picks would go into the lottery and only one winner, right? So um, rather than Detroit having the best odds of picking fourth, they could pick no lower than second, right? And they'd obviously have a good chance of picking first. Um, so as a non-Detroit fan, <laughs> what do you think about that uh, that option or that possibility? Well, I think for Detroit fans, it's it's an improvement, right? Because now you're getting first or second. Mm. So, uh, and you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why they would. I guess change it. I mean, there's. I mean, teams. What they only had what ten games left, roughly. Yeah. For the most part, ten or twelve. So I mean, the season's largely played out. Um, I mean, yeah, there might be some jostling at you know, the bottom, of course, but uh, nothing's going to change too much. But, hey, if you're a Detroit fan, I think you have to love it because now you're guaranteed one of those two players that everybody talks about. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, again, it, with Detroit, you would pick no lower than second, which is fantastic. Right. Yeah, especially, you know, because, I mean, pretty much from, you know, uh, you know, for our listeners, we had our draft, our big draft episode last time. Um and, you know, Lafreniere is, is pretty much the consensus number one right now, you know, but there is definitely a possibility that Byfield in, 
you know, he, he's almost a year younger um, and he's a center as opposed to a wing. So it could be one of those cases where down the road, Byfield ends up being, you know, as good or pretty close to it. I mean, he could even be better. Um, so that would be that would be fantastic to get one of those two players. Um, no, I was just going to I was going to add like it, you know, it these when it's like one consensus player, but another who, you know, could be right behind him. I mean, I'm not a huge draft draft Nick draft scout. Um, but those are the two names that you see a lot of. Uh, and so looking at it a little bit, it's like, oh, well, these are two highly touted prospects. One, yeah, probably has a clear lead over the other. Um, but at the end of the day, if you could guarantee you're going to get one of these really good players, I mean, that's all really you should be focused on. It's not a, oh, we missed out. It's like, well, you know, Sabres fans missed out years ago on McDavid. They still got Eichel. It's like, okay, you missed out on the clear favorite, but you still had a really good player added to your team, so. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he uh, Eichel obviously with uh, f- it, uh, memory serves there was the like the really bad injury that sidelined him for a while early on in his career, but you yep. know, he's definitely shown himself to be a a really really top notch player in the NHL. So obviously, not having McDavid sucks, but at the same time, like that's <laughs> you know th- th- you know like, I mean mo- most drafts don't have a McDavid. You know most drafts Eichel would have been the best player. Um, right. You know like like that type of level. Um, so, Sarah, what would you think about this happening? <laughs> it's kind of like a softball here for you. <laughs> well, well, maybe not because, okay. I mean, for the sake of, like, for the good of the team, yeah. obviously, yes, that would be great because there's nothing that we don't need. So we just need the best of anything that we can possibly get. Hmm. However, hmm. with Iserman, you know, we now have, like, the cider effect of maybe he has a player in mind. He's like, I don't care if I don't pick until the second round. I've got the one player in mind that no one else is going to think of. So I don't care if I get first pick, second pick, or if I trade all my picks, I'm going to get the guy that I want. Um, and, you know, when like when Ken Holland would do that, like when he uh, drafted like Rasmussen, everyone's like, what? Are you stupid? Yes, I think you are. <laughs> but if Iserman does that same thing, we're like, all right, I think you're a genius. I'm going to trust you. <laughs> So while I I guess it'd be not, you know, it's not as fun to have a predictable draft, but I guess it is better for like the good of the team. It's just less interesting for me personally as like a pot stirrer. But (laughs) as far as the plan, yes, for the for the good of the whole, I'll say that would be a great plan because no one can possibly catch the Red Wings on the race to the bottom. That's our spot. We we nailed we nailed it. We nailed the tank this season. We deserve we deserve something good for that. Mission we're accomplished num- for sure, yeah. We're number thirty one. Somehow we also lost to Seattle. I mean they don't even exist and they got more points than we did. Yeah, I mean I think uh, the only the only downside from Red Wings Red Wings fan perspective is how annoying it's gonna be when Ottawa uh, passes us to pick first. Um because yes, they were they were bad as well this year, but we were way worse. And Ottawa already has some really, really good players coming up. Um, more than we do, I think. Uh, although I think you know our prospects, your system isn't like bare or anything. We have some really good players in the pipeline. But you know, it's like they seem like they might be better than us quicker. And then for them to also then get Lafreniere would be annoying. But you you trust the Senators to actually build a team and not massively screw it up i mean every week there's something new with what the senators have done i mean next they're gonna get involved in a land war in asia you just don't know it so while the red wings are catastrophically terrible i think we're still more trustworthy now that we have steve eiserman especially to like 
we would i i don't want to see a prospect's face you know go pale in horror and like home alone face on zoom when they find out they're going to the red wings mm. i want them to do that when they find out they're going to ottawa mm. to at least give us that just that little shred of pride that yes on ice we're terrible but as like a concept we're still not completely the worst <laughs> so you want the mcdavid lottery face uh for yes. ottawa yeah yes not for us <laughs> That would be a blow. That would be like we have such so little pride to cling to. Just let me have that. Just that little bit of something. <laughs> Actually, we we do have something that we kind of planned ahead uh, for, but we're gonna hold off on that in a little bit. First, we are going to go to. Uh, we have two. Uh, two listener questions, two listener slash reader questions. Um, they are very far apart, which I think is great. Um, so let's do this, right? So the first one is from Brad Hughes. Uh, first of all, thank you, Brad. Um, you ask questions all the time for us, which is fantastic because it gives us things to talk about. Um, so Brad asks, let's say you got the cloning machine you were tinkering, uh, tinkering with in your garage to work. First of all, what are you doing in my garage? Second of all, here's the rest of the question. If you could clone one player 21 times to make a team of 22 identical skaters, whom would you choose? Would a team of Sidney Crosby's beat a team of Connor McDavid's? Would a team of Gordy Howe's beat a team of Steve Iserman's? Crosby's against Iserman's, McDavid's against Howe's. Um, would a team of Gretzky's even win a game against any of these? Ooh, that's blasphemous. Would any of them come close to being beating a team of Fedorov's? I, I like how he asks the question and then gives like a bunch of possible answers as well. Uh, <laughs> it's really a multiple choice question. <laughs> yeah. Would watching a team of Datsuks against another team of Datsuks be better than doing a bunch of cocaine and then riding a motorcycle out of a helicopter, right? A reference to the John Boy's classic uh, tweet about playoff hockey. Um, all right. So finally, which player, current or past, would you clone? I'm guessing we are going to assume that, you know, they are in their prime. Right, as opposed to like a ninety-seven-year-old, like classic player from the fifties. See, that's that's where my thoughts were going when I saw this question, because when you clone them, are you cloning them as like babies? Is this like a clone war situation where you then have to raise all these like babies to be good players? You know, with my short answer is you know Fedorov, but it's Fedorov, Fedorov if he's raised in like Maryland by me. And no, he's not. <laughs> so it's like nature versus nurture. And then part two of that is, do they all have to be cloned at the same time? Could I have a team of like 22 to 32 year old of the same player? So you have the invincibility and speed of youth combined with the wisdom of age. And how does that team compare? So I, I clearly thought about it. Like this has been running in my mind now for a while. <laughs> I think I think you get you get one copy of each player for every age for every year they played in the league. So you have a 20, 21, 22, 23-year-old player up until they retired. Oh. So then if we're doing this 21 times, now I have a clear answer and it's a different answer than I would have gone with. Cuz now I'm going with Yager. I think I would, I was probably going to go Yager, so I'll change it. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, because if um, I, it, it's it's really interesting. I didn't even like. I just assumed. Oh yeah, they're all in their prime. You know, that's it. <laughs> and now I'm my mind is open to the that's, the multiverse of possibilities. <laughs> exactly. That's and you were job. worried. You were worried you weren't going to bring something to the podcast. I told you. <laughs> I told you not to worry. Um, 
So, um, oh, okay. So I guess, um, well, well, Ryan is our guest, so we are going to go with Ryan's rule then. Um, so obviously, Sarah, you can, you can. Well, no, you can't. Uh, I mean, because huh? not everybody played twenty one years anyway, right? I so, know. Yeah. So then so you no, would have to just, go let's with just like do they're all in their prime. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll go with they're all in their prime. So Sarah, are you still doing Fedorov, or are you going to? I'm still doing Fedorov because I know that he can play defense and offense, and mm. that his younger years would be kind of leaning one way and then the older years would be leaning the other way even because he's in his prime more than just one year i'm going to take like two years of prime (laughs) and put that on a team um i also think that he would have good locker room chemistry with himself i'm not sensing a lot of self-hatred or self-frustration i feel like he knows himself pretty well so there wouldn't be any arguments in the locker room and I guess I'm going to trust him to be a, a goaltender or we're just going to play six skaters and hope for the best. I think I'm with him. I might even just do six skaters. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that's my answer because I know that he's versatile. And so I can make sure that he's going to be good front and back end. Interesting. All right, Ryan. So we got one answer for Fedorov. So what is yours going to be? So I'm assuming that if, if I have a clone machine that works, then I am likely, after you do it to, you know, for, for good reasons, like, you know, saving lives or preserving great minds and science <laughs> and all these noble things, then you're just going to get to straight entertainment, which is what right. we write in this situation, right? So, so I think I might go with the pure entertainment answer and just have a team of 21 Ovechkins and Ooh. just win or lose like 15 to 14 every night and have all sorts of antics and wild celebrations. Because I think if you have yeah. the the you know greatest era adjusted goal scorer in 21 times over, I think uh, that could be a fun recipe for for ticket sales. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think that would that would be great. Um, now, would you have a you know similar to what Sarah said? Would you have a goalie Ovechkin, or would you play six skaters in an empty net? Hmm. I don't know. I think I think I, I think if I'm, you know, running this this exhibition league or whatever that has clone players, I think we just have the uh, where they have the shooter tutors that you just hang in the goal, so you yeah. have to score into the corners. <laughs> yeah, and I think you just play yeah six. So that's what I would do. Okay, are you but, like you know, Ovechkin goalie might be really entertaining. I could just see him flying out of the crease and just straight tackling people though. <laughs> so exactly like I for for one brief chaotic second i thought about trying to go with a team of 22 dominic hashiks um <laughs> I, I thought about that too though it wasn't just you tripping penalties galore in that yeah. one because like you figure okay he's not i mean he, he obviously spent you know his his career playing goal but he's a very very athletic person um you know you think that like it would it be really that hard for him to learn to play other yeah. positions well i don't know probably <laughs> in terms of like, like you know would he be even close to an ovechkin or a fedorov or somebody like that um almost definitely not um hmm. but his intimidation factor is really high that is like, a good yeah he is an intimidating guy he's got that crazy the, the goalie crazy eyes um so he would slow some people down with that if your other team was not ready to face the Hoshik face without a cage over it. That's like a Hannibal Lecter situation. Like when he's in goal, at least he's behind the cage. He's probably not going to bite your face off. But if he's just out there in the wild as a forward, Hmm. can't be sure about that. I'd be, I'd be thinking about backing off of that. (laughs) 
my my joke answer before my real answer is uh, a team of twenty two Tom Wilsons. I'm going to win by attrition. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to injure all of your Ovechkins and Fedorovs and win because I have more players. I think um, your team is more likely to infighting and just pick fights with each other rather than win. <laughs> could be, could be. Although Tom Wilson seems to really like himself. Right. So how could he stand another version of him on his, Ooh. you know, getting accolades for the same things? I don't know. That's yeah. that's dicey. That's dicey, Pete. That's dicey. That would be tough. Um, it's hard because, like, logically, I think the best counter to your teams would be a team of 22 in his prime Sidney Crosby's. But since I'm a Red Wings fan and before that an Islanders fan, I am incapable of saying that as an answer. Um, so I'm going to go back. I, I'm going to go back to what I said before. I'm going to go with Yager. Um, yeah. In his prime, Yager was a unbelievable player. Um, and I think that he, I think he would be able to adapt and play defense. I think he, I think he would be pretty good at defense. Uh, maybe not as good as Fedorov, but I think he'd be, I think it'd be good. I, I think, I think this would be a great uh, series. I wonder, I wonder if this could be something that could be simulated on like NHL 20 uh, when they run out of, you know, you know, they're doing the month long thing yeah. where the players play against each other. Um, yeah. And I, I, I said this in, in our article that I was, I, I thought that we would have had a much better chance if we had had one of our players, like eight year old sons playing, we'd probably win. Probably. Yeah. yeah. They probably but. trash talk really well. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a great question. So uh, thank you, Brad, for, for uh, sending that in. Uh, and please keep asking uh, more good questions. Uh, we do have another question, but we're going to take a quick break uh, because I don't know how long this is going to run today. And I want to make sure that we get our two mandated ad breaks in. So we'll be back in just a second. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back. Uh, so we have a second uh, listener question. Uh, it is from wolg 88 I'm not sure if that's a soft G or a hard G, uh, but thank you for sending in your question. Since this is a pretty data-centered podcast, what is your methodology for re removing useless statistics from your data? Do you go by feel or do you have a scientific slash statistic method for elimination? So I thought this was an interesting question, and I, I'm not really sure how I want to answer it. So I'm going to go to our guests first, uh, which is what I do whenever we have a tough question. Uh, so, Ryan, what do you what do you think about this? Like, what's your what's the way you approach this? Um, I, I think uh, and it's good. It's a good question, because, uh, you know, something that you see uh, on, you know, Twitter a lot, especially with like data visualization centered accounts is, you know, a player gets traded, a player gets signed, and someone will post, like, a, you know, a chart or something of, like, 35 different stats, right, for that <laughs> player. And it's like, cool, which one of these matter, right? right. And so 
I think ultimately what you want to do is you would run, uh, you know, a regression on those data points with, you know, what your desired output measure of value would be, whether that's, you know, goal scoring, goal suppression, you know, goals above replacements, you know, whatever you're using is your target variable there to, to arrive at your measure of talent or value that player brings. Uh, and what you'll quickly learn is that most of that stuff, you know, doesn't matter, has very small impacts, and it's, you know, you could post a chart with, you know, 25 metrics, and I, there's probably three or four in there that are really driving any kind of the main value. And so, you know, usually just through regression analysis, you can, you know, figure out which ones, uh, you know, correlate to each other. Like, you know, so which ones are really kind of duplicates of the same thing. Um, you know, if they take a lot of shots, they're going to score a lot of goals. So if they take a lot of uh, high danger chances, they're going to score a lot of goals. So right there you have three things that are probably all measuring close to the same, right? Mm. So um, so I would look at, yeah, how things correlate to each other, how they correlate to what your measure of value is, and if it has a small correlation or, um, you know, one of these statistical measures that, that, that folks use is, you know, what's called the p-value, you know, the, uh, the likelihood that, that something um, occurs due to random chance or not. Um, you know that those are metrics you can probably drop from whatever you're using to evaluate. So, so, so those kind of charts that you see on Twitter, it's you know everyone's involved, everyone's in the community. You know, I'm never gonna not argue for people getting involved in something that's really just fun for a lot of people. But, um, you, you know, it's if a player is signed or traded, or you know people are debating a player's value, and somebody throws up one of those charts, I'm like that that doesn't tell me anything. You know, that, that all that tells me is you can, you know, drop a bunch of metrics into it. <laughs> program in Tableau or something, you know, yeah. or in Excel. And I mean, so regression at the end of the day is generally what is going to help you be safe as far as what metrics to trust. Yeah. We always want to uh, make sure that we are uh, practicing safe statistics, right? We want to make sure we are protected um, from bad outcomes. <laughs> um, right. Exactly. It, it's funny. As you were saying that I, I had flashbacks to one of the very first things that I did, which was a tableau thing of a bunch of different statistics. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I've done that before too. Oh I mean, yeah. Ago, and I, I think one of my very first articles were like, look at these 15 different passing metrics I came up with. Look at, isn't it cool? Yeah. And you know, and then, so everyone starts out like that, but eventually oh, yeah. You just have to make the conscious decision to get better, improve your craft, and realize, like, oh, I want to make sure I'm presenting something that can't be misinterpreted by somebody else. You know, yeah. I want to put forth the message that there's, little, like, one logical conclusion from this, not yeah. have someone take that and then kind of use it to shape a different argument. It's like, oh, no, that's not what that's showing. Like, okay, well, let's just eliminate that possibility. But, yeah. no, we, we've all done it. <laughs> we've all done it. So. <laughs> I like um... – um, okay. So, so obviously I think, I think, you know, your, your answer is, 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 you know, if there's going to be a one answer for this question, I think that's it. Um, because it ties in a lot of the other stuff you could say, um, because you are, you're basically looking at the context and not just, here's a bunch of things. Um, and they're all equal, like, cause they're not, um, so, you know, for example, like if you look at the evolving wild twins, uh, expected goals model the distance to the net for you know if i remember correctly the distance to the net is like incredibly important compared to almost every other thing i think it's like like what is it like probably four or five times more important than anything else i think if, if i remember correctly um so you know you know in their model like that is incredibly you know that, that that's treated as incredibly important um right. yeah so one thing i i, I wrote down uh so that 
it's I don't just say exactly the same thing is and this is this is an area I've kind of fallen into a trap even even fairly recently like this past season because um, I, I just I just wasn't thinking about it uh, objective metrics versus subjective metrics um, and by that I mean um, things like giveaways takeaways right hits I mean obviously hits isn't going to be used too much for anything but like if you're evaluating a defenseman and you're looking at his giveaways and takeaways it's not to say that there can't be any value there um, but that is being recorded by a person you know uh, as opposed to if a player takes a shot they're not like oh well I mean I, I guess there could be some instances but you know if a player has a puck on his stick and he shoots it towards the goal that's going to be counted a shot um whereas giveaways takeaways are very subjective um one scorer might put it as one and one per- person might not obviously you always have home team bias or I-, I i guess you don't always right but a lot of times you'll have home team bias you know when you look at things like every year they're like oh this guy has so many hits it's like well you know look at look at how how many hits he has per game at home as opposed to hits he has on the road, you know, and sometimes there's a pretty big discrepancy and you're like, oh, well, maybe, you know, there's some home team bias baked in there. Um, So I think just like one kind of pitfall to avoid is to make sure that, you know, you you know, even just in the start, uh, you're looking at things that are not just, well, one person put it this way and one person didn't. It's not to say that there's zero value there, but sometimes I think that uh, people can kind of overemphasize that or, you know, kind of treat that as too much. Um, Yeah, and they also think about it like it's a bad thing. Like, so, I mean, if somebody has a lot of giveaways, you know, the casual fan and and I owe, you know, a lot of this poor uh, information to, you know, largely beat writers across the league. Um, You know, there are definitely some great beat writers, but I think most folks would agree that, like, as a whole, like the, you know, uh, old-time view of sports media, um, especially in hockey, hockey just seems to, um, dwell on this, um, but just finding like the worst numbers, the worst metrics to try to like say players are bad. You know, if you look at giveaways, it's like, well, it just means they have the puck a lot, right? And yeah. good players tend to have the puck. And hockey is a game that is played on ice. You're on skates, and it's like a three-inch rubber biscuit that you're chasing around <laughs> with sticks, right? You're gonna lose control of it a lot. So even if you're really good. So um, I, I think it's just always important to ask, you know, well, is that good or bad? And then kind of think about it. So, yeah. Um, so, Sarah, I know that you are you are not involved in like the creating of statistics or writing about <laughs> statistics, but you are involved on Twitter as a consumer right of them. Like, you know, you're, you're reading articles, you're seeing yes. things. So I'll, I'll kind of maybe change this a little bit. So like when you are looking for things like this, what are some things that you look for or what are th- some things where you're like, huh, maybe, maybe this isn't, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't give a lot of credence to this thing. Well, one thing I know is that I will never look at plus minus because <laughs> as Ryan was talking, all I was thinking about is Andreas Athen to see you. And certain beat writer or beat writers who were <laughs> constantly just dumping all over him um, about how bad. Because it's like, yeah, it's bad, but so is the entire team. So yeah. who, who cares? Um, but as far as, I mean, a lot, some of it really for me is like subjective. It's not, it's not do I like the person, but it's like, do I trust the person who is explaining this data to me? Because I'm not going to be really be able to look at anything and be like ah yes i understand this i'll be like oh blue is good and orange is bad got it 
So <laughs> I need I need people to explain it to me. And I like it's sad because I like studied math and science. I should know how to do this, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I can I know about the sun and how the sun works, but not like how hockey works. Um, so then somebody just need to. Uh, translate it to you know optimal distance from the sun for life like that's the sweet spot for player value yeah. and then you just you just need yeah. to translate all player value as like oh, too far away it's like oh well you can't have hospital life there so that player must be bad like you just change who the has the most the gravity <laughs> who is attracting yeah. the puck to them by having the highest gravitational pull um, oh my god Phil Kessel <laughs> <laughs> so there's a project that since there's no hockey going on somebody can can jump in when your listeners can jump in and say oh i'll do that and then we can have a fun new tool to play with this summer oh yeah. my god that sounds amazing <laughs> help me out with that i'll come up with ideas for extra fancy stats and then someone else can go do them um <laughs> but i mean the the one thing I, I like to see even though i am not a very good consumer of stats is how many people really seem to enjoy making it talking about it um, and just being really interested in it. You know, everybody has their own lane. My lane is more in the creative arts of memes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's just been really nice to see over the past few years the real uptick in, in people, whether they're good stats or bad stats, just being enthusiastic and passionate about it. You know, anything that gets people interested and keeps them interested, I'll take that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, oh, the, the other thing I was thinking of, and um is is some you know as as a a moderator for our website i have to uh one of my jobs is to read every single comment uh and i'm the type of person who Lucky i would like to feet. yeah i mean i'm the type of person who and, and i don't mean this as like an insult to any specific commenter it's like i i usually prefer not to read comments on articles uh just in general uh in my daily life um but you know that's that's part of my job and i will say as a community uh we have a much much better uh, commentary than many many other sites do um, and I think a lot of that is because of the moderation you know we you know we're not gonna let somebody come in and just start being a jackass like they're gonna get warned or banned if they you know go too far um, but like I can't tell you how many times I see somebody like I know it's a small sample size but it's like no just stop right there like stop 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 <laughs> like, like like you're so close like you almost have it you know <laughs> um, and like there seems to be this idea that as long as I mention that it's a small sample size, then that's okay. And there are, I'm, I'm not going to say that's a hard and fast rule. Like there are some instances where you can get some type of value from that. But sometimes I think it's just almost like, I know that it's, I, I know I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to still try to use this as if it has like a lot of meaning. Um, and I know, I know that's something that I'm like, no, no, please come back. <laughs> you can do it. Um, it's like people who were serious when they were saying things like that when the Red Wings at the, like the first three games of the past two Red Wings seasons being well not the last one but like this one being like well we're on pace plan the parade yeah. like if you're saying that as a joke fine but some people are like well you know maybe it's not going to be as bad this yeah. year I know it's a small sample yeah. size but we've now <laughs> yeah. won like two games yeah. and then none never again. I remember like his his first year on the Islanders like uh, Mike Comrie was on pace to score like 300 and something goals after two games <laughs> It's like, I, it's going to happen. Yeah, and when it comes to, like, small samples, too, there's always a thing of, like, you know, who are, who are players playing with or just, you know, what teams are the is your team playing, yeah. right? Um, you know, so, like, players that have great, oh, they had a great, you know, November. They had a great start uh, to the month or something. And then you look at the schedule. It's like, oh, well, they played 
you know, they went through the Northeast and they played Buffalo and Ottawa and New Jersey. It's like, sure, of course they <laughs> yeah. had a good, you know, start to the month or something, yeah. you know. It was so. really nice of you not to say Detroit, <laughs> even though we were all thinking it. That was really oh, nice. Of I'm, you. Sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get there. I'm sure we'll get there eventually. But, but I mean, you guys are like, you know, you're so far into this. I mean, because, you know, I grew up a Devils fan and, um, you know, they've, you know, when I was younger, they were just always good. And then, like, the lockout happened, and they were, like, they were still okay, like, back in 06. Mm-hmm. You know, they were okay for a few years after that. And then it was kind of bad for a while. Uh, you know, and then they had the one run in 2012. And then really kind of since then, it's just been woof. So so I, I get it. But once you, I think, come to grips with that, it's like, oh, you know, my team's bad right now, but there could be something better. It's like, okay, we'll kind of embrace yeah. it. Like like, with us, like the past two seasons, it's basically been like, we know, we know the team's going to be bad. Um, This last season was harder because they were like historically bad. You know, they were like comically bad. Um, And like, you know, kind of what we would always say in the beginning of the season is like, we know we're not going to win a lot. We know we're probably going to be like a bottom three team, but we just want to see like exciting hockey. We want to see the young guys, you know, take steps forward. You know, we want to see like some building blocks for the future. And that's okay. And then this last season, it was hard because there were nights where you're just like, if I didn't like, if I if I didn't have to watch this game, I would not even yeah. turn it on because I know it's going to be horrible. You know, um, and and yeah, this this last season was really hard. So um, hopefully, I mean, next year we're going to be bad again, most likely. Um, but hopefully, we won't be this bad because I don't I don't know if the fan base can take another year like this. Um, it's yeah, another one would be it's, tough. It's really hard. Um, okay, so we are going to um, we're going to take one more break, and when we come back, we have uh, a a hopefully fun exercise. Uh, exercise makes it sound horrible. Uh, hopefully, like a fun game uh, that we that we did uh, that will combine hockey with something that all three of us love that you won't be able to guess, but try to guess, and we'll see if you're right. But you're not going to be right. And we are back. Um, so we have uh, a, a last segment here for you um, that hopefully you'll think is fun. We, um, all three of us, uh, we are uh, people who enjoy playing video games. Uh, obviously, for li- listeners of our podcast, you've heard Jay and I talk about the various NHL games and new features, etc. cetera. Uh, but we are going to be talking about a video game that is not NHL. Um, it's not even close to uh, hockey related, uh, but we are going to relate it to hockey because this is a hockey podcast and we want to try to have a tie in at some point. So um, we are going to uh, go through the game. Now, there's not going to be any spoilers or anything. Um, we're going to go through the game Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a fantastic game uh, for PlayStation. Um, it's been out for a little while, a couple years, um, but I know I, re- I played it relatively recently Um and I uh, definitely enjoyed it. And I remember talking to both Sarah and Ryan about it as I was playing it. Um, and, you know, we had a really good conversations. So I figured this is going to be something that we all care about and we can have some fun here. So what we're going to do is in the game, 
Um, and again, this is not a spoiler. Like you find this out right away. Um, you are, you, you basically have to come up against these creatures that are like machines that are similar to animals. Okay. I know that sounds weird. If you play it, you'll see it, you know, just watch the video if you need to. Um, so what we're going to do is there's a whole bunch of different, uh, options, different machines that you fight. Um, and what we did is we went through and we linked some of them to NHL teams. All right. So, um, Let's see. So, Sarah, you want to kick it off with uh, one of the machines. Who did you link it to? And then if we had the same thing, because, uh, like, we don't have all of them, but if we, we had the same thing, we'll do it. If not, we'll move on to another one. So what do you want to start us off with? I would like to start off with Glint Hawks because they are my least favorite. Um, for anyone who hasn't played the game, they're these birds that shoot ice at you, and they screech, and they try to tackle you, and they are just really annoying, and they eat garbage. Um, so my team of... Before you say it, if we have the same one, I'm going to scream because I'm going to be so excited. Okay. So I, well, I had a couple, but the one, I think the main one is Toronto. Yes. <laughs> is it because they eat garbage? Because they eat gar they recycle garbage. So like they take garbage from other machines or teams and turn it into something worse. <laughs> um, and they're really annoying. So that was why, that was my, uh, my scientific reasoning. So oh. in, in yeah. Piggybacking off of that, yeah. Um, so I had Glen Hawks and my. I just. I basically wrote like they think they're good, but they're really just annoying because in the <laughs> game, there's one other bird, which is the storm bird, which is like undeniably good and tough to kill. And so I put that as Boston because Boston's always really good. In Toronto, uh, you know, they think they're good, but they really just never quite as good as that. So like the lesser version of that. So that's how I kind of <laughs> equated those. And I'm very excited that someone else also thought Toronto and Glen Hawks was a perfect match because it is yeah <laughs> we um Ryan did you say frost no no you said a different one than I was thinking um for what so you said you had the Glen Hawks and uh, Stormbirds right yeah it's Stormbirds for Boston okay um, are you about to say Frostclaw for Boston because that's what I said that yeah well here let me just do that one yeah then. I have Frost Claws, which um is a a DLC uh machine um, and I wrote, you hate to admit how hard to defeat they are. And then you see them in action and you're like, oh yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> because it's like, I think even though I know Boston's really good and they have, I mean, obviously the one amazing line, but then they have, you know, a really good team, you know, good team other than that. I, I, for some reason, I never really put them up in like, oh yeah, they're like, the top team in the league or like the top two or three. And I don't know why. I don't know why I should. Right. <laughs> um, when I think about it, I do, but like, for some reason, I just, I never think like that. So, so Sarah, was your reasoning the same or similar? Hmm. It was similar, but it was also because they kind of look like a bear. <laughs> <laughs> so... no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> they're, that's you know, true, and it's, yeah. it's like, they're good on the ice. <laughs> they're good at ice things. And it's really satisfying when you beat one. Yes. It just feels really good when you take them down. Yeah. So that that was my reasoning is they look like a bear and it's fun when you <laughs> defeat one. Well, I will I will do one like 15 minutes. Later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will do one next um because I had a different machine for Toronto. Um I do love your reasoning. I think it, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um so I did Toronto as a stalker because at first it seems like they're going to tear you up. But then when you realize that they have no defense and a suspect goalie, they're not really that hard to beat. <laughs> so did, did, did any of you have a different team for a stalker? Um, I had, I, I put, I couldn't decide between two. Uh, I put Minnesota and Arizona. Okay. 
and I, I couldn't really decide. And my explanation was that you just you rarely see or hear from them. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Except for when they're you know committing all sorts of like illegal actions at scouting combines and stuff. Oh my god, so, they actually do yeah. do a type of brain scan on you, don't they? That, yeah, they do. That's right. <laughs> so. Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, okay, Sarah, what is what, what's what's another one you got? Uh, let's see. I um, I picked the sawtooth, um, which is one you run into fairly early in the game as an example of something that's big and hard to defeat. And then as you go through the game, you find they're extremely predictable and very susceptible to being lit on fire and exploding. So I said they were the Blackhawks because the Blackhawks think that they're hot shit and then they actually explode into a pile of hot shit um, and are not as hard to defeat as you think they are. You know, a couple of years ago in the beginning of a game, yeah, they're kind of tough, but now, now they're not so tough. That was my reasoning. So this is two for two now that oh. Sarah's stolen. <laughs> because it well not, not well I guess it's just not exact like the the line of thinking um, was exactly the same as that yeah you come across them early and it's like oh shit this guy this thing's gonna be tough I'm gonna always struggle with this thing but then eventually yeah later on you're like oh you're just kind of messing with it you can kind of beat him at will and I went the sharks because for forever they've been so good but now it's like oh well they're not so good anymore so it's like the sawtooth like early on it's like yeah they're tough and then you know it's like they're not really that difficult to face and the sharks have always been good but oh they're not really that good anymore so yeah pretty similar reasoning i just went a different team there but uh yeah, yeah get out of my head sir <laughs> okay. it's it's definitely one of the things that i i talk to people like, like when i'm trying to explain to the game to people um it's one of the things i come back to where like the first maybe like four or five hours of gameplay, I'm, like, stalking through the, the grass and, like, you know, going really slow and stealthily. And then after about, like, ten hours, I'm like, oh, Sawtooth, I'm going to run right at it and just, like, just, like, like <laughs> I'm going to be, like, jumping and, like, firing as I'm running towards it and then just, like, impale it and, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so I'll go with one. Um, I did the long leg. Uh, the long leg is one of the the weirder looking ones for me. Uh, one of the weird ones, um, and I said it is the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, because it is far more deadly than it looks. Um, you know, you look at this thing and you're like, you know, the center looks pretty deadly, but like, what the hell? Like, I, what the hell are these arms? Right? I, I don't know. I've never heard of these before, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, that's uh, this right arm is killing me, right? You know, so yeah, I'm gonna put the the Penguins for the long legs. Okay, that's not what I had, Ooh. but it was somewhat similar line of thinking mm -hmm. um, as far as they're more dangerous than they should be. Mm -hmm. So I put the Hurricanes, and part of that is because the long legs, they're like these kind of chicken things, mm -hmm. and they screech at you. They're like, <laughs> completely, completely accurate <laughs> yeah. uh, representation. Yeah, don't look it up. It sounds just like that. So they, they like scream at you, and they always find you, and that's how I feel about the Hurricanes. Like if I'm on Twitter, I can't get away from them. <laughs> And if I'm like watching any any game at all, there's gonna somehow be some headline about them. So, but they're not terrible at hockey. Yeah. So that was my my reasoning. They're loud. They find you, and they are better than they have any right to be. <laughs> I actually I, long leg is one I didn't have uh, one for, but uh, but I like both of those. Those are good. Cool. All right. So so what, what is one that you did have? Um, all right. So I had the uh, corruptor. Um, mm as the flyers because 
I thought. Like in the game, the corruptors are one that go and they spread this corruption to manipulate other machines. And I kind of thought of it as like, well, what's a team who the fandom for that team is going to lead to personal and moral corruption? And that's probably the Flyers. <laughs> yeah, you could also link that to Toronto if you're doing Twitter. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sarah, what's one that you got either if you had that or if you have a, a different one? I had that one, um, and I'll, but I'll be brief about it so I can say something else. Okay. Um, but I had I had maybe the Avalanche or the Penguins, but that's from a Red Wings fan perspective mm-hmm. because what a that's corruptor great. does is it makes the it makes everything around it really really pissed off and violent. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I feel <laughs> when confronted with those teams. There you go. Um, but something else I had is I had bellowbacks, and I don't care if it's fire or ice. So they're these like two legged things with like a huge jar of goop as their butt <laughs> and they just kind of stomp around yeah <laughs> they're again totally accurate <laughs> yeah. um so for me my reason with them is it is really really fun to blow them up and they make a massive explosion <laughs> just melt down and they take out everything around them so i said they were the habs because <laughs> there is nothing more fun to me than to watch the habs fan base go absolutely batshit insane when they lost to the red wings and that's the similar feeling of it blowing up these bellow backs and just destroying everything around them they're very self-destructive so that was my reasoning <laughs> i won't argue with that that's good yeah um all right, let's see. So I, I, I wanted to make sure that I did I did uh, both Detroit and Buffalo. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had oh each of our teams. But I'll, I'll do the Detroit one first. Um, and I said that the Detroit uh, Red Wings are the Grazers uh, because they're not much of a threat. Uh, but sometimes when provoked, they will attack. And they can sometimes end up hurting themselves while attacking you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'll accept that. And sometimes they shed useful parts. <laughs> yeah, there you that go. You can oh, that's me. even better. That's perfect. Yeah, pretend I said that too. No, I'm kidding. That's awesome. Um, did either one of you have a Detroit one? Um, I had. Uh, I kind of grouped like so. There's a couple of the machines that are, it's, you know, because some of them were like bred for more violent means, and others were not. And so I kind of grouped some of the bottom feeding teams in the standings along with the the uh, that latter group like the Grazers, uh, the Broadhead, right, the Striders as like yeah. the Devils, the Red Wings, the Senators, all kind of those ones that you can kind of just you come across them and see them. It's like yeah, they don't pose any threat, and I'm gonna just kind of have my way and do whatever I want with them. So. <laughs> so sir, I know you must have done a Detroit one, right? <laughs> I. I did, and I had a couple of thoughts. At first, I thought maybe a Strider. Um, for anyone who didn't play, they're like, they're horses. That's what they are. They're horses. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I ended up settling on the Watcher. And and I, I have a red eye thing, too. So I think the regular Watcher is the Red Wings, and the red eye Watcher is actually the Senators. Because they're both similarly like destructive, but the Senators are a little more aggressive about it. Um and I feel like the Red Wings, they do kind of warn other teams about things happening because when a team beats them, they have like eight different goal scorers, which alerts other teams about who the dangerous players are for that next game. And <laughs> the watches are like these little dinosaur things with just one big lens. It's like a telescope shaped like a dinosaur um, that it can't really do anything but run and hurl itself at you. It doesn't really have an attack. It just throws itself at you. So that was my my reasoning as kind of grouping the Red Wings of the Senators as uh, as the Watchers. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I like the I like your description and explanation for using the watcher. I had um, I had the sabers for the watchers, and like mm-hmm. a, a, kind of similar uh, reasoning. Like they're 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 definitely different from a lot of the other machines because they all resemble you know some sort of animal, right? And the watchers mm-hmm. aren't are just so different, so it's not like they're even part of that. So I, I had it as the watchers are. The Sabers, like they're not really a real NHL team because of how bad they've been for so long. They're just kind of watching everything happening, and the worst they can do is just make a loud, loud screeching noise. So you got to target attention, <laughs> basically. I, 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 interestingly, I had a similar reason for the Sabers, but a different uh, machine. I went with the Tall Neck uh, because they're there, they're in the background. Sometimes you can see them sticking out from behind the trees, but most of the time you forget that they're there. <laughs> they're just kind of there, going through the motions, walking around in a circle. Um, but if you get too close, the earth will shake from all the Buffalo fans body slamming people through tables. <laughs> exactly. I uh, uh, see. I said the tall neck was a situation room. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the tall neck is like the giraffe, but it's it's like it's the biggest machine in the game. It's like skyscraper size, and your character like runs onto its head and makes a map, and it just walks around in a circle. But if you get in its way, it will hurt you. Yeah. And it's very slow. Yeah. Does it really? I don't think I've ever gotten in its way before. I've just been too nervous. I have gotten in its way, not on purpose, and I was I was hurt. Yeah. So if you get in the way of the situation room, it can hurt you. It <laughs> is slow, um, but it has a lot of information. Yeah, and, and it, it doesn't adapt to change very well. It just no, it, doesn't. it keeps going the same direction regardless of, of what you, happens but you can't, around it. But good. you can't kill it. Yeah. You can't get rid of it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good, too. All right, let's see. I have, I have a couple more. Um, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save one for last because I know. Well, I, I don't know. I'm 99% sure that at least one, if not both, of you chose this machine. Um, but we'll see. So I'm gonna do the Behemoth um, as Tampa Bay in the playoffs because they are far more intimidating <laughs> than they are dangerous. <laughs> they look like this giant thing, and you're like, yeah. ah, they're pretty easy. I can kill them in four games. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So did it, did either you have either the Behemoth or Tampa Bay? Um, I did not have a Behemoth. Tampa Bay I couldn't decide on. You know, there I was trying to decide on one of the more uh, threatening ones, but ultimately just didn't arrive at one. I was thinking maybe like the Frostclaw or Fireclaw or something, but I like Boston for Frostclaw. Now that you guys mentioned that, so so no, I don't I don't currently have a home for Tampa. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. And it it but it also links with why I have a reason for who the Blue Jackets are. So this is a, a kind <laughs> okay. of connection. We got a two. So for yeah. the for the Lightning, I said it was the Ravager, which is this kind of like panther dwyer screams at you thing um that are it's usually tough um but sometimes you can just explode them from pretty far away and then just move on with your life or you can you can weaken them and then set another machine after them which is why i said blue jackets are the strider which is again the horse Mm -hmm. because it is really really funny if you set a horse on another machine Mm -hmm. and it wins because (laughs) the horses are so weak and stupid (laughs) but you can you don't it, you can just send them out there and take down something way bigger and more dangerous and it is hilarious <laughs> every time. So that was my two part two part thing. <laughs> nice. Let's see, I had um, see, so I picked uh, the rock breaker, which is like Ooh. this this thing that like tunnels underground and then jumps up yeah. 
you know, comes up in a taxi that way. And I was going, the first time I came across this thing, I was like, I thought like the game glitched. I had no idea what happened. <laughs> like I was, you know, walking through uh, like that desert area. And then all of a sudden, like there's this loud noise and like all this dirt flying on my screen. And I was basically dead. And I was like, what the hell was that? Oh, yeah. So I put the Rock Breaker as Vegas because they kind of come out of nowhere and they're really good and deadly. And you're like, what the <laughs> yeah. hell is this? So I, I definitely like that. I can't do I can't do better for that. I don't think that's a good one. Yeah, I can't either. I'll, I'll totally take that one. <laughs> yeah, because if I remember, I, I forget if this is the first time you see them, but I remember there's a part where you're you're there and you see like these two snap maws in the distance, and then on the hill, all of a sudden, like like these rock breakers come after you. Um, I can't remember if it's that like if that's the first time you see them. I I, I think one time uh, is in that it's like a side quest. It's like the giant pit, like the the quarry. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And they're they're hard to beat because they have like 18 different parts that are all dangerous, <laughs> yeah. but they should and and it shouldn't all work yeah. together. Like it seems like it's just this like Mr. <laughs> Potato Head of weapons, but it's yeah. it's really hard to beat, but it shouldn't and it shouldn't work, but it's it's like this land seal yeah. that like leaps out land like a sort of like a dolphin <laughs> or a whale or something. Like a that's land right. whale. Your descriptions on this game are so on point. <laughs> um, okay, so I I have one left, so I'm gonna save it. So if you guys want to unload <laughs> yours and save one, uh... yeah, I got I got a couple more. Sarah, you got a couple? Yeah, I got a couple. All right, why don't you go first, and then I'll go. Okay. Um, let me. Now I was like, I have a couple, and I forget where it was. <laughs> oh, uh, so I picked the Deathbringer, which is like not an animal shape. It looks like. I don't know, a spider with a rectangle on it that shoots missiles. So I pretty much said that's just Alexander Ovechkin. It doesn't move, it doesn't move necessarily that fast. Um, and it, it can be defeated if you just target this very one specific place, like the circle, if you just put someone there and block him. Yeah. But it, it will blow everything up. Um, so it's the caps, but really for me, that one was uh, Alexander Ovechkin. So I had Deathbringer too, but I went just went a different direction from it because, like, you know, throughout the game, you're discovering. You know, I'm not going to give anything away, but you're just basically discovering pieces of information of what led to the world being the way it is. And yeah. um, the Deathbringer was one machine that, you know, I, I guess they, like, as you learn about things, they were like this giant, you know, machine of death, and like, oh, well, really, really tough, and you don't want to mess with them. And then, like, when you f come across them in the game, like, I just didn't think they were that dangerous. And so mm. I kind of thought of it as, like, well, this team that maybe thinks they're a bigger deal has a bigger reputation but doesn't really own it now. So I put Edmonton because, you know, they used to be a big deal. Um, <laughs> but now, you know, the only death they bring is really to their fans. So Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay, it's, it's, I have... it's interesting how we, like, mm -hmm. interpret some of these differently. Yeah. Just go with it differently. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have I have two more, so I'll I'll do one okay. and then and toss it back to Ryan. Um, okay. So we talked about the frost claw, which is like the bear, but I had one for the fire claw, which, as anyone can imagine, is like the fire bear. And I, the yeah. only reason I said it was the flyers is because it's like gritty. If there was a, <laughs> if there was like a machine that was gritty, it would be the fire claw because it's big, it's round, it's crazy, and it likes to attack people. 
mm-hmm. out of nowhere. So that that oh. was my pick just for that. <laughs> when you called it the fire bear, I could not help but think of like the Care Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Gritty, <laughs> like a little... is the most violent Care Bear. <laughs> like, like a little, a little uh, flame coming out of its belly. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Um, all right. So I had, uh, I think like one or two more here. So I had, um, okay. The, so the scrapper, it's, mm-hmm. um, kind of like the Glenhawk. It's like a machine that just kind of scavenges other dead machines for parts. And mm-hmm. so I thought of a, if a scrapper was an NHL team, it would really kind of only pick up like bottom six players, maybe the ones <laughs> it's familiar with. So I basically yeah. went with whatever team Lula Marillo is managing. Um, <laughs> he will only like sign or trade for like gritty depth guys and most of the time yeah. they're players that he's managed before because he doesn't ever know any you know learn anything new so so i guess the islanders by default then are the scrap Ooh, nice so that's good because um, that's one that i had also but i had a and i had similar reasoning but a different team um because i said it was it was either arizona um just for the eating kind of living off garbage <laughs> thing or the oilers for a somewhat similar reason but Scrappers are a little fast, and they always find you unless you like take them out first. Um, so I, I decided to give the Oilers a little credit for their speed, um, but also acknowledge that they do kind of pick up a little bit of garbage. <laughs> uh, all right, so I have I have one left, and then you guys can unload any any ones that you have. So I have um, a, a team that's been mentioned. Actually, I'm doing I'm kind of doing what Sarah did, and I'm, I'm picking the Capitals, but I'm picking a different player specifically. Um, the aforementioned Tom Wilson. Um, I am linking them to the Scorchers uh, because anytime they see you, they just try to hurt you as badly as possible <laughs> over and over and over again. And that's basically Tom Wilson on, on the ice. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That's really Those funny because I had them. I had end. them as the Capitals also. Yeah. <laughs> I had them as the Caps for that similar reason. <laughs> that's good. Can't argue against that. Awesome. So Ryan, did you have any more? Is that it or Um so I had the the shell walkers. These are like these like crab looking things mm-hmm. that just like pick up materials and just I don't know, can't ever decide what to do with them and so they walk around with them basically. Um I kinda so I thought of like what team has some baggage that they carry around with them and I put Florida Ooh. because of how dis dysfunctional their front office has been over the last four or five years. Uh so they're the ones that are always carrying around a bunch of baggage. Makes sense, yeah. I like it. Uh, Sarah, you have any more? Or is that it? Uh, I think that was it. I was trying to think of something for the sat maw. Yeah. Um, that's like a alligator, um, or crocodile, whichever one lives in the water. I don't remember <laughs> alligator. Um, but they're like they're easy to avoid, but when they notice you, they're kind of annoying. So I put the Minnesota Wild. Um, <laughs> that especially because we lost to them very very badly this season. Oh yeah. Um. You know, otherwise we didn't notice them the whole season, and then they just murdered us. And but then that was it. Yeah, like it was over. Yeah. there were no hard feelings. It's just that's what happened. Yeah. move on with your day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had similar reasoning for Snap. I was like, I wrote, you tend to forget about them, and then they surprise you with like a big, big win, big upset or something. So I had like uh, Columbus mm-hmm. in there. That makes sense. Like you know, they, no, nobody remembers them, and then they make some big thing happens, and it's like, oh yeah, there they are, and then it's gone, and then now we won't think of them again for five years. So. <laughs> Nice. So, so I don't think anyone has hmm? had a. Did anyone have a thunder like a thunder jaw in the game? Is like one of like, I guess, 
you know, like the robot dinosaur that everyone talked about, like when the game came out, because it's like on the cover, right? Yeah, like a T-Rex so, looking thing. Yeah, right, it's yeah. Like, so it's like one of the biggest and baddest ones in there. Yeah. Did anyone have anything for that? Hmm. I didn't, and I because I didn't have anything for Stormbird either, which are like they're both the big, massive super machines. And I, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, what's a Thunderjaw? It has eight hundred weapons. It's massive. It's a little faster than it should be. Um, you know, and if I'm going to pretend it's Anthony Mantha yeah. just by himself, <laughs> uh, even though that's not really accurate. Uh, but I, I couldn't think of a team that I wanted to give that much yeah. credit to. And it does have one glaring weakness, which is punching other players in the head. Yeah, <laughs> it's very it has easy that, to like, break that little hands. side thing that you have to hit off, and then you then you just nail it in the side over and over again. Um, yeah. Awesome. So for our listeners, if you have a PlayStation and you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, you should. It is fantastic. I, w- without being hyperbolic, I don't know anybody who has played it who hasn't really liked it. Um, and I know probably at least ten people, and they're all different you know you know different uh backgrounds etc like they're not all you know super gamers or whatever um so it seems to appeal to a wide range of people it's a really really fun game uh definitely recommend that you check it out um it is it is probably available pretty cheap now uh, if not just wait for you know the next sale and you can get it for like a dollar uh, or something like that um ryan ryan and i are uh, actually ryan you finished um i'm jealous uh we are we are playing Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, and I don't I, I can't say it's everything I hope for because there are some parts that are a little annoying, uh, but ninety nine percent of the game has been fantastic so far. Yeah, it's I finished it last night. It was like midnight, and I was like, all right, done. Yeah, mission accomplished. No, it, it was it's it's really good. Like I think I'm not gonna spoil anything here, but just now that I finished it, it was like reading some things people have said about like the ending and. It, I think it might be a little divisive among people, but I also think that it's it's very exciting in how it sets up, you know, what's going to be, I imagine, at least, like, two or three more yeah. games, you know, based on just the sheer size of the world and story and how they're taking their time with it. But as a, as a standalone, like, gaming achievement and accomplishment, it, like, it's it, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. Yeah, and, um, you know, again, same thing. Like, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, you know, because obviously, you know, the original game came out so long ago, um, but, uh, they've added so much to it. Uh, they took a section of the game that was originally five hours, six hours, um, and they expanded out to be 40, 45 hours, depending on, you know, if you do all the side quests and stuff. Um, but the thing I think is amazing is that they took, um, you know, they took some of these side characters uh, in the very beginning of the game. You uh, you work with a, a small group of people um, that are it's not that they're not important. Actually, well, in this game, they're a lot more important. Um, but, you know, like you don't you, most of the gameplay you are with other characters um, and they really flesh them out a lot. They really gave them. Uh, interesting backstories kind of in the in the beginning you know the first chapter they're still kind of like these almost stock characters but then as it goes on you get more backstory and you get more uh, emotional connection to them and I thought they did a fantastic job uh, and the other thing that we had talked about uh, Ryan and, and, and I had talked about while we were playing is that the the voice actors are just phenomenal um, especially for the characters of Tifa and Eris, uh, or Aerith, I'm sorry, it used to be Eris in the U.S. version. Um, the the women that they hired for that just do a fantastic job. Um, the writing is a lot better than the original. They give them a lot more, uh, but like the actresses really sell the emotion of it um, and make it so you can connect 
to the characters a lot more, I think. Um, so, so yeah, that's definitely a really phenomenal game if you like that stuff. We're going to wrap up there. So thank you so much for listening. Um, uh, well, obviously, yeah, before, before I wrap up, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Yeah. I'm happy to, happy to come aboard and, you know, equate NHL teams to uh, machine <laughs> dinosaurs that I kill in my spare time. So. Exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's actually funny. Like my, uh, um, cause you know, the game it's it's not like, you know, graphic in any way. So it's like me playing or whatever. And my five-year-old daughter will come up to me and she'll just sit and watch. She's like, Oh yeah, you're going after the dinosaur robots again. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Good job, dad. Good job. Yeah. So, so now she says, um, what did she say the other day? She calls it like, oh, yep, those dinosaurs aren't getting their candy now or something like that. Like that's her, that's her five-year-old translation of, yeah, I'm going to go murder some machines. Yeah, basically. it's definitely different than another game that we both played recently, uh, God of War. Uh, it's a little different. <laughs> just a little bit um so yeah so uh you can uh you can follow ryan on twitter uh if you just google his or not google if you just put in uh the search function uh for his name it'll come up uh but it's also rk underscore underscore uh stimp s-t-i-m-p um you can find me on twitter i'm back on twitter i now have like 30 followers but you know what i don't care um I'm I'm I, I took some time off because it was it was just getting. Oh, too, you are back. I am back. Yeah. It's, oh, it was. Uh, I, I didn't really talk about it on the show, but I probably should a little bit. You know, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But basically, it's uh, Twitter for me is both fantastic and awful. Um, it is amazing because I get to connect with so many people I really like and read a lot of stuff and interact with them make people laugh every now and then and post a silly photo. Um, but it's also incredibly toxic sometimes. And it was basically just getting to be too much for me. I almost, uh, um, I, I didn't get docs, but I, it was probably the next step in the harassment campaign. And I just, I just took some time off. So, um, yeah, so, so I am back. It's the same handle. So it's at P Flynn hockey. Uh, you can find Sarah at Helmeroids uh, on Twitter. Uh, and you can find Jay uh, at the roar underscore 24. Uh, you can find our podcast at 200 foot pod, two zero zero FTPOD. We are on Facebook um, at uh, facebook.com slash for sure pod, F-E-R-S-U-R-E-P-O-D. And lastly, if you want to get some for sure merchandise, like the t-shirt that Ryan had uh, mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you can do that if you go to tinyurl.com slash for shirt, F-E-R-S-H-I-R-T. You can get our, our classic uh our, uh, you know, for sure t-shirts. Uh, but we also have a lot of other stuff, uh, that you can get. I need to get a replacement, uh, pillow because my new dog Eddie has decided to, or decided to tear it up. And, um, <laughs> it, so... it is a fantastic shirt. Yes. It's an excellent shirt. Yeah. Um, I wore it to, um, was it the Seattle conference that was what last year or two years ago or something? Yeah. When I went nice. to that one and wore it there. Was that last year? <laughs> Um, I think so. I, I wasn't able to go to that. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, um, I wore it my night up. Yeah, there, so it was a rep in the you know West Coast podcast. So for you, nice, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, uh, if, if, I I should have um, uh, I should have tried to get some money in the budget to uh, to print out some and bring it to Columbus. Uh, oh yeah. Maybe raffle them off, but maybe next time. That's yeah. okay. Um, yeah. So. Uh, you know, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hopefully next time Jay will be back. Uh, but Sarah obviously did a fantastic job filling in as I knew she would. Um, so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.